Star Workforce Studio. Um, they taught me that my disability can't stop me from doing what I love to do. VR Workforce Studio, podcasting the sparks that ignite vocational rehabilitation through the inspiring stories of people with disabilities who have gone to work. In that position at NASCO Cabinet As well as the professionals who have helped them. A job and a career. You got to look at how life-changing this is. And the businesses who have filled their talent pipelines with workers that happen to have disabilities. To help expand registered apprenticeship. These are their stories. Because there's such a great story to tell about people with disabilities. Now here is the host of the VR Workforce Studio, Rick Sizemore. Rick Sizemore here along with Betsy Civilette, the Communications Director for the Virginia Department for Aging and Rehabilitative Services, with episode 107 featuring Flora Frazier and our focus on Wilson Workforce and Rehabilitation Center. One of the most exciting aspects of Wilson's approach is how they are focusing on the Workforce Innovation and Opportunities Act, or WIOA, as it's referred to. Here are some really important things to consider. While WIOA focuses on second and fourth quarter wages and the degree to which vocational rehabilitation engages business, there are two measures that are really the drivers in what it hopes to accomplish, and that is skills gains and industry-recognized workforce credentials. Wilson has a nationally recognized model for helping people with disabilities to prepare for and enter the workforce. And it's very unique because they operate under the auspices of the Virginia Department of Education's special education programs and offer career and technical education that's tailored to meet the needs of people with disabilities. And at the same time, these programs are firmly rooted in vocational rehabilitation, which is part of the Virginia Department for Aging and Rehabilitative Services. Now, it's really important to see how Wilson has not only sustained its operations throughout the pandemic, but it's also pushed forward with vocational rehabilitation services. What Wilson offers is inextricably linked and in lockstep with the needs of business. Now, it's worth mentioning that the business development unit at DARS has a singular mission to connect business with the center's programs. And that's why if you follow us on social media, you'll routinely see business partner tours at the center where large groups of representatives from business, education, and the workforce are here touring the facilities. And it's that connection with business that drives Wilson's approach. So the curriculum they offer in the classroom is driven by what employers are looking for to fill their talent pipelines. Wilson has been recognized for working with business and industry to bring job opportunities to people with disabilities who are clearly willing and able to assume their rightful place in the workforce. And that is the key. With the skills and credentials that allow a client to walk through an employer's door on day one, ready to be part of whatever that employer needs. In our big inspiration showcase today, Rick welcomes a woman whose journey through VR gives us a remarkable example of how Wilson has embraced WIOA and the needs of business, which provided the pathway to her new job at Atlantic Office Technologies. Welcome to the podcast, Flora Frazier. Thank you, and good morning. It's so good to talk to you. We've been following 
uh, your story as you've gone through the job search process and landed this exciting new job out at Atlantic uh, Technologies. Uh, tell us about this new job. Um, it's, I'm office administrator. Um, I work with the project manager of the company. It's a little small um, business. They've been in local business. They've been here for about 30 years. And it's they sell rent um, and service copiers, fax machines, and we have our own IT services. Um, so it's actually pretty interesting to not only be working in a job that I know, but working in a field that I understand. I understand copiers and toner and things like that. So it's, it's a double positive on that one. It sounds like the perfect setting for you. And if you're just getting to know and hearing about this uh, exciting place where Flora is working, I'll read this. It it says uh, about Atlantic Office Technologies, our loyal customers keep coming back because we go to great lengths to make sure our customers feel they are dealing with us as people, not as a faceless business. So, Flora, how did Wilson prepare you to take on a mission in a setting like that where customer service is so important? Um, they taught me that my disability can't stop me from doing what I love to do. It, it may be uncomfortable at first, but you, when you understand it, it's, it makes life so much easier when you understand that your disability doesn't have to stop you from doing what you love. Yeah. Well, when you started looking at at this place to go to work, did you tell them about your disability? Honestly, this place found me. um, And no, I didn't tell them, uh, but I didn't apply here. Uh, I had put my resume on indeed. And because in my class, we worked on resumes so well. I had put my Microsoft badges on my resume instead of writing them out. And that drew her attention to me. So she found me because of the way my resume was prepared. That's so exciting because we've been talking about how the centers focused on industry recognized credentials and certifications. So tell us a little bit about what you did at Wilson and what kind of uh, credentials that you obtained to prepare you for the workforce. Well, I think the most important credentials that I got were my Microsoft credentials. I received one certification in all of the programs, and then I'm expert and certified in Word and Excel, which makes me Microsoft Master certified. And I wouldn't have been able to get even one of those certificates without Woodrow. Well, tell us about the class. How did how did how did they do it? How did, how did you learn and prepare for uh, those workforce credentials? Well, the teachers, they're very, they're very helpful. They're instructors. Um, they work with what you need. They cater to each person is the best way I can say it. Um, what I needed help with wasn't what other people needed help with. And he, they gave each person the time that they needed. 
You know, it wasn't like one big class and they're talking to everybody and everybody's lesson is the same. They cater what they do to what you need. That's really exciting. You know, I've known you for a while now. And in the classroom, if you talk to Jeff Waite, the instructor, he'll say that Flora was by all rights a rock star in this classroom. You said to me several months ago that your social anxiety was so challenging before you came here to the center that you didn't even really want to be around people. What do you think caused the changes in you that are so significant that you're now part of a team of people that focuses on world-class customer services? How did you overcome social anxiety? What what brought about the change? I still struggle a little bit. What, what made me comfortable as far as going back into a customer service setting was that I was comfortable there. I was comfortable at Woodrow. I was comfortable with the people. And it didn't make me, it made me focus on what I wanted instead of how I felt about the situation. Because I, I felt fine. I wasn't worried. I wasn't stressed out. So I could focus more on what I needed to. As opposed to if I had went to probably like a regular big college or something, the size of the people on campus would have made me uncomfortable anywhere I went. But with Woodrow, it's there's enough students that you have people around, but it's not crowded. And it's not, there's not pressure. Does that make sense? It makes absolute sense. You, okay. You've talked about uh, moving into the workforce and that you really didn't tell them about your disability. And, you know, that's ultimately uh, the goal is for you to have that job and to, to fit in. And employers say to me routinely, we really don't care about the disability. We care if the worker can do the job. What's it like there on any given day, knowing you have a disability, but being so accepted for your skill level and, and the work you do? Walk us through one of your average days. Oh, I go in in the morning. You know, I check the um, what we call meter readings, which is the number on the copiers and things. I go and put in meter readings. There's not many people there. Um, at one time and it is a big building. So I maybe see three or four people when I walk in the door and then get doing my work. And then after that, I deal with, you know, the customers that call in and a few that come in, but the people there are so they're nice, but they're more than nice. They're like a family. You know, if you don't know how to do something, anybody in that building is going to help you do it. And it's funny because the other day I was, I was um, putting invitations in envelopes and mailing them and they weren't the self-seal kind of envelopes. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to sit here and like all 75 <laughs> of these envelopes and I, I'm just going to hate it. I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, next thing I know, one of the IT guys, one of the really nice guys in the back, he brings me a wet sponge on a little cup and says, here, use this. Don't lick any, don't, don't sit there and lick them all. I should. But the fact that I didn't even have to ask, I just planned on, you know, get my work done. However I had to. 
Yeah. I wish and I had to, it's just so nice that they thought of that. I wish I had talked to you last week. My daughter's graduating from high school and uh, we just sent out a uh, truckload of uh, announcements <laughs> all that yeah. had envelopes, but uh, it sounds like such a, a positive culture where you're working at Atlantic office technology. Look at their website. They're very involved in the community. They give a lot of support to organizations to build up that Hampton roads uh, area community. Uh, what does it feel like working there? It feels like I'm in a little family. That's got to be positive. It, it, it is. And they just told me the other day, they felt like I was picking things up quick and I was doing great. And they wanted to make sure that I was happy there. And I really appreciated the fact that they checked in to make sure I was happy with what was going on there. And I was happy in the position that I was in. Well, it seems like Voc Rehab is working the way it should. It, you you were uh, enrolled in vocational rehabilitation training and career tech ed. You got some skills. You went out. And, you know, quite honestly, those workforce credentials opened the door for you. You didn't even have to go looking for a job. They came to you. What do you hope to accomplish while you're at Atlantic Office Technologies? Well, I would like to eventually move up. Right now, I'm only working three days a week as, you know, an office administrator. But the owner has mentioned, you know, she could use assistant type things done, too. So I'm kind of hoping to move up into that business a little bit more and and just further their business. Yeah. The further they go, the further I go. So many people who listen to this show are... Well, they're either from a business and they're they're looking for someone like you or they're training to enter a business. What is your advice really to people with disabilities or business owners about how this works, bringing someone with a disability into the workforce? What, what's your advice to people with disabilities or business owners about how this actually can be successful? Well, I think it goes back to what you said earlier and the business should see how the person works before they even consider their disability. And for a person with a disability, I would say, don't think your disability stops you from doing anything. Because with, I, like I said, when I got to Woodrow, I didn't want to go outside. I didn't want to talk to anybody. My anxiety was so bad. I didn't want to do anything. And the fact that I could overcome that, just don't let your disability stop you. Yeah. Well, that's uh, awesome advice. Awesome advice. Any final thoughts you have about the Vogue Rehab experience you've gone through or anything else you'd like to add to your story? I would just like to say thank you because none of it would have been possible with without the support of Woodrow and the staff and my instructors. And not even just that, but the students there. The students there were very accepting. So if anything, I just want to say thank you to everybody for all of that. Flora Frazier is the office administrator at Atlantic Office Technologies, serving the Hampton Roads area with office solutions and technologies. Flora, it's great to hear your story. Thank you for thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you. I appreciate it. Great. The Wilson Workforce and Rehabilitation Center Foundation has been a phenomenal partner to the podcast since it began back in February of 2015. And with the recent news about the foundation's closure, 
We want to thank them for their support through the years. With this change, however, the VR Workforce Studio moves boldly into the future with a refreshed look and a new spark as we continue to be the nation's voice for vocational rehabilitation. We'll be working with our partners in podcasting to bring you those powerful and compelling stories of disability employment from the Virginia Department for Aging and Rehabilitative Services and the Wilson Workforce and Rehabilitation Center. Both DARS and WWRC are recognized for their extraordinary work, which continues today and will for years to come in helping people with disabilities as they train for and enter the workforce. Rick, as we start this new era in podcasting, we want to take just a couple of minutes to bring back one of the rock stars of VR that has been so instrumental in building VR Workforce Studio through the years. We welcome Ann Hudlow, former co-host of the podcast. Welcome, Ann. Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> this is a great moment in podcasting <laughs> to have uh, Betsy and Ann both on the podcast and we have so many new listeners who may not have heard how the podcast started. Take us back to the early days. Okay, well, I will start with saying I know everybody knows you, and so you know it started with a bang. Um, <laughs> the great thing was I think we were having one of our weekly meetings, and you said, you know, I have had an epiphany. And from there it grew. And I will tell you, it was one of the most exciting experiences that I've had in fundraising because we all know how important it is to really, you know, get out there social media wise and connecting with people online and making things accessible. And this is just has was a great start to that and then has grown into just something that we all hoped it would, but even more so, I think. So well, what are some of your favorite memories or stories from the podcast over the years? I think having all the guests um, that we had, you know, I'll tell you, and I know that I've probably said this before, um, from one week to the other, I thought, well, you know, you just can't top that story. That's an amazing story. But I was wrong every time. There was someone that came in and just had shown, you know, examples of how they, they rose above challenges in their life. And it was an inspiration for me. There were so many great, great stories. And I think, uh, you know, Rick, you just did a great job of, 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 of getting them all organized. And, um, you know, I think the other thing that really was cool for me was the experience at the, um, at the homestead. We were able to go and kind of be, be live on panel. Um, really enjoyed that, hearing stories and feedback from people there. Uh, so just one of the many, many, many experiences that I think was brought out in this um, in this great development of uh, the podcast. Yeah. From your perspective as the former director of the foundation, how do you think podcasting helped vocational rehabilitation in general? Who have we reached? Whose minds have we changed? What impact have we had? Oh, oh my gosh. Well, I mean, obviously you could see by the, by the listenership growing um, at really, we, we agreed at one point an exponential rate based on where we started, started and then ended up. But, you know, um, I think what we did was really just bring to light the fact that, you know, it's, it's hard um, to rise above challenges sometimes, but there's so many inspirational stories that we were able to, you know, to, to just connect people with. And I think for me, it was just something that um, on a weekly basis or, and a monthly basis, we were able to um, just ugh, brighten people's day. I mean, really, there's there are so many challenges that we have from day to day individually. But, you know, just knowing somebody is out there 
dealing with things that you may be and, and feeling like you have a partner, you know, and feeling connected. The other thing is too, I believe truly that we were able with the podcast to raise vital funding for the organization. You know, WWRC is a phenomenal, um, you know, facility. And I was, I was really surprised and happy to see all the ways that we were able to create sponsors and connect people, not only through listening, but also through funding. And, um, and, you know, that made a difference in people's lives as well. Well, it was really cool to get involved with folks like the Virginia Manufacturers Association, of course, Hershey and CVS, and some of the great opportunities we had to, to tour and be involved with the industry. That's right. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. Well, we have to have just a little bit of fun. I'm, I'm curious. Betsy is the co-host and Anne is the former co-host. Here's a fill in the blank for you. Rick drove me crazy <laughs> over this podcast. When? <laughs> Who's going first? Oh, Betsy, are you taking this one? You know, Go ahead, Betsy. <laughs> I, I'm sorry I didn't prep for this one. <laughs> well, okay. I, I, I have to say, uh, as much as much fun as we want to pick, you know, pick with, I, I think that the the scripting, you know, was incredibly <laughs> difficult for you, Rick. I mean, I don't know how you did that um, and stayed on top of it all. I, I was just amazed by that. Um, you know, it helped me. It helped to keep me on my toes. We did have changes quite a bit, but it wasn't a bad thing. Um, it just was what we do in podcasting, right? So, Betsy, I'm sure you have some some uh, stories for, as of late. <laughs> Well, to be continued, I think. <laughs> no, yes. <laughs> I, I, I'm just so grateful to Rick for coaching me um, and, you know, as getting me more comfortable in doing the podcast. I'm sure he did the same with you as well. Uh, absolutely. For well, sure. you're, you're, you're both absolutely fabulous. And, and Betsy, as a professional journalist, has, has helped me in so many ways. Uh, as we continue to to try to make this podcast the the best it can possibly be, but I, I will I'll I'll kind of finish up with my favorite Ann Hudlow shocking moment, and and she looked at me one day and she said, "You want me to buy another microphone?" <laughs> she oh, said, the microphones! Oh, now Rick, you know you're a microphone snob. I will. I do remember that. I do remember that. But then, but then I thought when I got the new microphone, I thought, "Oh, I get it. I see what he means." <laughs> So you kind of changed my mind on that. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I think it the, was worth every penny. Worth I th- every penny. I think the phrase was, this man can spend more money on microphones than anyone I have ever met in my life. But anyway, it was, it was a lot of fun. Ann Hudlow from the years that you spent on this podcast, uh, join us to talk about as we move into the future. And, and Betsy, with uh, our endearing thanks for all that you do to uh, help us. Well, thank you, Rick. Thank you so much, Rick. Thanks, Betsy. We want to finish up with a piece that we've uh, featured through the years in various uh, live settings called The Sizzler. And it's uh, some of our uh, best pieces featuring some of our most compelling clients. And so we'll, we'll finish up with that. Give us just a few minutes and we'll take you on the journey of a lifetime. You know, it startled me, so I went to run. I tripped on one of the strings that was on it, lost my balance, and fell 25 feet off the loft head first. And I landed on concrete and boards. 
A disability can strike like lightning and in the twinkling of an eye change your life forever. In the United States alone, there are over 60 million people with a disability. So chances are you know, work with, or love someone with a disability. A disability can alter your life even when you're pursuing your most deeply held passions. I had a couple things that day telling me not to race. Every medical professional who has seen the video, they ask the same three questions. One, how am I alive? Two, how did I not end up with a cervical level injury? And three, how did I not end up with a severe brain injury? People with disabilities have proven time and time again to be some of the most resilient, talented, and capable people on earth. And employers are beginning to recognize the passion, energy, and dedication that individuals with disabilities are bringing into the workplace. Rod's been with us for a long period of time. It's a return on investment. That's the pure and simple business angle of it. But beyond that, he teaches, he trains, he's a subject matter expert. So being able to access all that eight, nine, ten hours a day is is quite frankly in our best interest. That's why we've opened up the VR Workforce Studio, a place where we can all celebrate the courageous stories of vocational rehabilitation. Stories from those on the journey. And I broke down because, you know, that was the day that I knew I was going to be up, that I was going to get back up and get walking. Stories about the champions of business and industry that hire individuals with disabilities. Oh, it's the best company I've worked for. Uh, they're very professional. They're very nice. It's like a, the company is like a big family. Reflections from the professionals that have dedicated their lives and careers to helping individuals with disabilities go to work. Working with the students closely to see them uh, come in and, and think that, oh, I don't know if I can do this, and provide support for them to where they are empowered and they are achieving their goals and just to see their confidence. Now you can be part of this exciting podcast revolution. Welcome to the community of people who want to champion the causes of disability employment. Diving down into your own personal hells and then coming out of that hell with a smile on your face but with bumps and bruises in the process and you can walk away smiling and feeling proud of those bruises. You know, every time, you know, my son drives off to work, I mean, I just, I, it just, I just feel so good about what it is that you nice folks prepared him for. Getting people back to life and back to work. These powerful stories as told by those on the journey are just a click away on your computer, your cell phone, or mobile device. That's awesome. I think what you're doing is really kind of kind of unique. And, you know, we're, we're in a, a, a period where people can get information from lots of different sources. And I'm just trying to make people aware of that. I thank you guys for what you're doing. It's time for a National Clearinghouse Report with the always entertaining and informative Heather Service. Welcome, Heather. Hi, Rick. It's good to be back. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. May is Mental Health Month. Yes, it is. We look at mental health awareness this month. So I've got several resources for you that are all geared towards mental health this month. The first I have are two information briefs and guides. The first is Workplace Mental Health After COVID-19, which was created by the VR Technical Assistance Center for Quality Employment. And what I love about this information brief is that it provides over 60 resources for VR counselors, employers, and job seekers regarding mental health in the workplace. So if you're looking for some fast resources, 
this is a great tool for you to take a look at. The second guide that I want to share with you is called Supporting Child and Student Social Emotional Behavior and Mental Health Needs. And this was created by the Department of Education's Office of Special Education and Rehabilitative Services, known as OSERS. And this guide really provides focused information and resources to enhance the promotion of mental health and social and emotional well-being of students. It actually takes a look at mental health support across early childhood, K through 12, and higher education settings for students with mental health needs. And then the last resource I have for you today is an on-demand training event called Mental Health and Employment, Why Wellness is Important and How to Help. And this is brought to you by Real Transition Partners. This is an on-demand training that you can take at your convenience. So whether you're on your phone or watching from your computer, you can do this um, in a setting and a place that works best for you. During this webinar, you'll get to hear from Michael, who shares his personal experience um, in mental health-friendly workplaces. And as an attendee, you'll get to understand the importance of normalizing mental health and also discovering how to support and avoid common pitfalls with youth and young adults with mental health conditions. So it's a very exciting and engaging webinar. I hope you'll check it out. And then lastly, I just want to encourage you to check out the NCRTM events page. You can get to our events page from the NCRTM homepage by going in the upper navigation and just clicking on events. We have a lot of great training and resources that are featured this month, especially related to mental health awareness that are coming from the Department of Labor, the U.S. Department of Education, and many other stakeholders who are putting out events this month. So we always are updating that. So we always encourage you to check it out. Heather Service directs the Rehabilitation Services Administration's National Clearinghouse for Rehabilitation Training Materials. All of the links and resources to the materials she discussed today are in our show notes at vrworkforcestudio.com. Thanks, Heather. Thanks, Rick. Well, that's it for today's show. Learn more about the Virginia Department for Aging and Rehabilitative Services at vadars.org. Till next time, won't you join us as we podcast the sparks that ignite vocational rehabilitation.